0: Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Why is Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin? Well, they've met to discuss the imminent threat in Syria. This is taking center stage in world events. It seems that more and more the world is surrounding the nation of Israel, just as the scriptures have predicted. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's prophecy update as shared on July 22nd, 2018.
1: For today's Prophecy Update, I want to talk about the meeting between Trump and Putin, and perhaps more importantly, the significance of what took place this last week. I think you would agree, at least I hope you would agree, (laughs) that the narrative, or maybe better said, the propaganda surrounding the meeting was all about everything but what it was actually really about I would suggest that the I'm going to use this word and you'll forgive me shameful media coverage in and of itself has prophetic significance as well perhaps even more so and I'll explain why It seems that the jury is still out on whether or not America will be taken out of the geopolitical landscape from within, in the sense that united we stand, but divided we fall. And this is what I mean by, I hope you'll, I hope you agree with this, I think you'll agree with this, but have you ever seen this great country, that my parents immigrated to legally, by the way, when I was nine months old from the Middle East, fleeing Islam at the time. The America that they immigrated to in the 60s is not the America of today. I would venture to say that many of you here today, certainly those that are close in age to my age, would have to admit that this nation has arguably never been as divided as it is today. And it's sad. And it might get worse. There's an interesting account in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, and it's interesting because Jesus is being falsely accused. <laughs> Keep in mind something about Satan. And remember now, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not a battle between Democrat and Republican, liberal, conservative, black, white, nothing. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers of darkness, wickedness in high places. Four entities that we're going to get to, by the way, in Ephesians 6. That's not who the war is against. Your enemy is not sitting next to you. Don't look at the person sitting next to you. But they're they're not your enemy. And, you know, back to our Ephesians study, your mother-in-law is not your enemy. (laughs) He's the accuser of the brethren, he's the father of lies, and he's the author of confusion. And we have this account when Jesus is being falsely accused of casting out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. I want you to listen to what the response is from the Savior. He says to their false accusations and attack. Others, it says, tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. And this is why we know that God can read our minds. Satan can't, but God can. Jesus knew their thoughts. They didn't say it out loud, but he knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. This is one of those principles in God's word that you don't break, it breaks you. You go up against it. This is what happens. Dare I say that this divided we fall comports with what we know to be true in Scripture concerning America's conspicuous absence from the pages of Bible prophecy. I would suggest that America has to go away because America is in the way, specifically in the way of the new world order under the Antichrist. And oh by the way, this is true economically as well, in terms of the U.S. dollar. In order for the Antichrist to bring in a one world economy, this cashless system without which this mark no, no one can buy or sell, The U.S. dollar has to go away because the U.S. dollar is too strong and in the way, and so too is a strong America in the way, which, by the way, might explain in part what's happening to America today. It's this dismantling, this destroying of this once great country, the most powerful nation on earth. I think we need to be honest with ourselves, as hard as it may be to hear this, and certainly as hard as it is for me to even say this, I love this country. I'm not trying to, you know, posture myself as being better than anybody else, but my parents immigrated here with just no money and just wanted to be free, and they came into this country, fled for their lives, and built for themselves their lives. And they did well. They studied for five years to get their citizenship. I'll never forget that day when they stood there, when they got their U.S. citizenship, with tears streaming down their face. They were just so privileged to be an American citizen. Well, I think we have to be honest with ourselves. And we need to be honest with others, too for that matter. I think we need to ask and answer a very important question. And here's the question. Is it too late for America? Let me ask this question. Will this current movement afoot to destroy America succeed explaining the absence of America? Well, There's another question we need to ask and answer, and it has to do with Russia, Iran, and Turkey, all of whom are entrenched in Syria at the ready to attack Israel. The reason I couple this question with the previous question concerning Israel is because America does not come to Israel's defense when this attack takes place. To me, this was the crux of the matter in the Trump-Putin meeting. I mean, meddling in elections, we forget, don't we? That one Barack Hussein Obama meddled with your tax dollars and my tax dollars in the Israel election to get Netanyahu out, whom he despised. Come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. What's really going on here? Russian collusion, election meddling. Stop! Sorry, I just woke up a couple of people. I, I'm so sorry. I just spit on everybody in the front row. Sorry, Mayalani, I, you know, Chris. Free baptism, water baptism today, front row. You know what this meeting was about? In fact, it's why they met. It was to discuss Syria. And more specifically, Russia and their willingness to get Iran out of Syria. Why are they still there? Oh, we know why they're still there. Because the prophet Ezekiel, 2,500 plus years ago, said they would be there to attack Israel. I believe that Russia will not evict Iran out of Syria, nor could they, even if they tried, because of what we're told in Ezekiel 38, specifically verses 1 through 6, which I want to read and point out a couple of very interesting details. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Gog this is a man, Gog is a man, of the land of Magog. Now this is where it gets interesting and a little bit dicey, for lack of a better word. The chief prince of Meshech and Tubal prophesy against him. Now some of your translations render it Rosh. Now I know that there are those who are going to disagree. Let's just agree to disagree agreeably. But Rosh is not a place. Rosh is a title. And here's how I get there. In my native language of Arabic, we say Ras. In Hebrew, it's Rosh. Like Jesus in Arabic is Yeshua, and in Hebrew it's Yahshua, so they pronounce the sh, and we pronounce with the s. So here's what ras, or rosh, means in Arabic and in Hebrew, head. So if I were to say to you in Arabic, rasi but wajani, I didn't say anything bad, by the way. i going to have fun with the closed captioning on this one, but uh, it means my head, uh, I have a headache basically, but the literal translation is my head is aching me. Rasi, ras, 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 the head. Rash the head. He's the head. He's the chief prince. He's at the head of this thing. Gog is the chief prince, the Rash, the ras, if you will. And say to him, to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Gog, chief prince, Ras, of Meshech and Tubal. And this is interesting, verse four. I will turn you around. Put hooks in your jaws and bring you out with your whole army. Your horses, your horsemen fully armed, and a great horde with large and small shields, all of them brandishing their swords. And then verse 5, we have a list by their ancient names of the nations that are going to be involved and allied with Gog. Persia, Iran. Kush, Ethiopia. Put, Libya. Will be with them all with shields and helmets. Also Gamar, with all its troops and Beit Togarma. Beth is the Hebrew is house in Arabic. We don't say Beth, we say Beit, Bet. Beit Togarma, the house of Togarama. Who's that? Turkey. That's Turkey. And again, I know some will argue and disagree that. Uh, it's not Russia and Iran, it's Turkey and Iran. Well, uh, if if, if uh, Turkey is, uh, you know, Magog, uh, and uh, Erdogan, the current uh, leader and dictator, is uh, Gog, then who's Togadama? That's redundant. Why would we have Togadama, Beit Togadama? From the far north, interesting, that's where, Togarmah is, far north, with all its troops and the many nations with you. Now, the reason I'm getting into the specificity of this prophecy is that we have many details, one of which is that God himself will turn Gog around. And we're even given the detail of how, which is that God will put a hook in the jaw of Gog and lead him out with his great army to attack Israel for the purpose of taking spoil. And we know that this particular detail concerning spoil has to do with the natural gas and oil that is in Israel today, which Russia needs, by the way. And Interesting, we, we talked about this when Netanyahu was being interviewed. He used this exact word concerning Russia and Iran, both of whom are competing for the spoils. The spoils. This is what is going to be the hook that's put in the jaw of Gog. And we know this because of verse 13, which is another detail, which tells us that, and this is interesting too, because uh, when it comes to oil, think Saudi Arabia. And, uh, man, the whole thing going on, that's another topic for another time. But they're going to protest this taking of the spoil from Israel. Here's where I'm wanting to go with all of this. The Trump-Putin meeting further moved forward that which will happen either at the beginning or possibly during the seven-year tribulation. I'm asked very often, when do I believe the Ezekiel 38 prophecy is going to happen in relationship to the rapture? We really don't know. Now we can conclude and surmise from the details that we have in, in Bible prophecy that it's going to come at a certain time within the timeline, eschatologically. And from that, we, can, not dogmatic about it, but it does stand the reason that it would have to happen either. And here's another possibility. It could happen simultaneously with the rapture. Or there's the, and by the way, spoiler alert, this alliance of nations are dealt a decimating blow. They will not succeed because God himself comes to their defense. Israel's defense, not the U.S. And wouldn't it stand to reason, too, and we've talked about this as well, I know. But the rapture could also explain the absence of America from Bible prophecy. Let's not take that off the table. Because that does fit. If the rapture takes place, it would gut out this nation. There would be no America to stand with Israel. Because isn't it the Christians that stand with Israel in America today? So this could all just go down simultaneously. It's that sudden destruction of 1 Thessalonians 5.3. While they're saying peace and security, sudden destruction comes down upon them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. They will not escape. We will escape in the great escape, the rapture of the church. We who are alive and remain different than the they, we're the we. We the we. (laughs) Be a we. Not a they. (laughs) Okay, that's, I'm getting way off now. It's my belief that it's now beginning to come to pass with all the prophetic players perfectly positioned exactly as we're told they would be. Let me hasten to say that we don't know exactly when it will happen, but what we can know is that it will happen, and we can also know that it must be soon when it happens. It's important to understand that In Luke 21, 28, Jesus didn't say, our redemption draws nigh when it happens. No. He said, our redemption draws nigh when it begins, key word, begins to happen. Is it beginning to happen? I believe yes it is. I would argue beyond a reasonable doubt that this is all beginning to come to pass exactly as we're told it would, and at breakneck speed. It's moving very fast. And one need look no further than to the specific nations that are listed in Ezekiel's prophecy and, even more interestingly, the nations who are not listed in Ezekiel's prophecy. A number of years ago, I put together this graphic showing those who are listed in Ezekiel 38 in white, and those who are conspicuously absent in yellow. And I want to draw your attention to Syria. You would think that Syria would be involved in this alliance of nations that attack Israel in Ezekiel 38. They're not. Why do I point that out? Because it would stand to reason that Isaiah 17.1, concerning the destruction of Damascus, Syria, will come to pass First, eliminating Syria and serving as a catalyst from Syria to attack Israel from the north. Every nation, and oh, by the way, too, Saudi Arabia, only mentioned in verse 13 as not allied with, but protesting against. And so what do we see right now with Saudi Arabia and Israel? Talk about, I mean, it's a textbook case of, Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. (laughs) And make no mistake about it, Saudi Arabia is an enemy of Iran, and Iran an enemy of Saudi Arabia. Iran is a Shiite Muslim nation. Saudi Arabia is a Sunni Muslim nation. Every nation to a nation in relation to, to the Jewish nation, I know that rhymes, is now at the ready. They're either all aligned to attack against Israel, already have a peace agreement with Israel, or are going to be dealt a devastating defeat prior to the invasion of Israel. And when I say peace agreement I'm talking predominantly about both Egypt and Jordan. So I combed through numerous reports, that was painful, all of these uh, news reports on the Trump-Putin meeting, and I came across this Times of Israel article that, above all, to me, says it all. And it's about the differences that abound in spite of Putin and Trump presenting this united front on Syria. And oh, by the way, isn't it interesting that we don't know what they talked about? The only thing that we're being told is that, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to get into that. Oh my goodness, ad nauseum. Here's some of what the article had to say. The Russian leader implies that Iran won't be barred from the entire country. Ah. Huh. Trump, in his remarks, said Israel's security was preeminent both in American and Russian considerations of Syria. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in turn welcomed the attention in a statement he commended the abiding commitment of the U.S. and President Donald Trump to the security of Israel. Netanyahu also very much appreciated the clear position expressed by President Putin regarding the need to uphold the 1974 separation of forces agreement between Israel and Syria. We talked about this the last couple of weeks. Very important. They're on the Golan. However, listen... Beneath the comity, not comedy, (laughs) comity meaning courtesy, there lurked several significant differences of how each side sees the outcomes. The time goes on to say and ask the question of, does Iran stay?
0: Hmm. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21 verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor JD shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InspiritandTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.